The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week to discover the beauty, joy, and peace that lies just underneath. Okay, good evening everyone. I'm Sujantra and welcome to meditation. <clears throat> so tonight we have a, a special guest who's going to offer us um, some of his teachings on meditation, then do a guided meditation with us. And his name is David and Gandelman. And I first met him when uh, we do podcast interviews with the yoga studio, with our online studio, we interview people. And so we reached out to David as he has taught meditation all over the country. He runs a meditation program at Cornell University for uh, students and faculty. He's also working with, um, at MIT, helping on a study on creativity. So uh, we had a great conversation. Then he has a podcast, so uh, he interviewed me. And then he's here in San Diego for a while, so I invited him to come tonight. He's going to give you um, a nice experience. And then he's also offering a workshop at the, here at the studio an hour and a half um, next Saturday. No, no, this, this coming Saturday. this coming Saturday. So if you're interested, we have flyers, and then he'll join us for tea after if you have any questions, and if you want to explore it more deeply. And the, the title of his workshop and the theme tonight is Creativity and Intuition. And with creating the yoga studio, the yoga studio at Essence is a creative undertaking. So there's all kinds of different components with running the studio here. There's the business aspect, and there's human resources, and there's sales and marketing, and there's all these different elements to it. But when I think about the yoga studio, at the essence of it, it's a creative process. And in conceiving the concept for the yoga studio and actually bringing it to life, meditation was a huge part of my journey of creativity uh, in creating the yoga studio. And the way I used meditation was to quiet my mind and get a clear vision, first of all, or, or first like a clear feeling of why I was trying to create a yoga studio. So to really get clear on myself, on my own motivation. Because in a given moment, you can go in all kinds of different directions in life. And so I really felt in my, tried to feel in my heart which direction I wanted to go, and so got clear in my own feeling of purpose for, for creating a yoga studio, and then used the meditation to basically to get over a lot of maybe doubt or unsurety of how it was going to become something. And so I found that if I sat in meditation, quieted my mind, and had a vision, I got a clear image 
of a group of people in a large room doing yoga and everyone feeling really good and smiling. If I held that image in my mind, then that kind of vision gave me a feeling and a confidence to move through with the project. Because as you're doing something in life, trying to do something, trying to do something creative, there's all kinds of thoughts that rise up, self-doubt, insecurity. We get I can get distracted easily. And so with all these things going around, I found that holding on to a clear vision and feeling was a big part of my own creative process. And so that was um, a big, big part of creating the yoga studio, the ability to meditate and concentrate. And so I, with that, I think I'll invite David up and take it away. Thank you, Shijancha. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. Hi, Facebook. <laughs> I'm going to start you off with a, a, a Buddhist joke. What did the Buddhist monk say when he didn't know the answer to a question? Um, <laughs> I think that's where it came from, not knowing answers. Um, it turned into this beautiful flowering. <laughs> so as Sujancha mentioned, I, do, I, I run a meditation program at Cornell. And I'll often start with a joke, because I have a room full of academics who tend to be very much on the, in the left side of their brains, very serious all day, pretty stressed out, and have intense lives. Uh, when you're at an Ivy League school, everything is like, you have to be better than the next person. And I think for most of us, we're all such creators, and we're all very ambitious, and we, and we get into this stressful mode where like the future is always like three feet in front of us. And you'll see people walking across the street, just kind of like, you ever see this? It's like their head is in front of their body, <laughs> and their, their mind is extended out. And they're almost following their thoughts around. It's like their thoughts are just taking them around. And it's hard to be creative that way, isn't it? We're usually the most creative when we're very relaxed, uh, when we feel like ourselves, when we're comfortable, when we're inspired, when we're happy, when we're full of joy, and when we f especially when we feel like we have a purpose. When you feel like you have purpose, it, it's like a fuel and matches that just ignite this incredible creative fire. And there's a great quote from the philosopher Emerson. I, if, I'm not sure if I'll get it 100% correct, but he says, in great works of genius, we find, we recognize our own alienated thoughts. And often because we have a creative thought, we think that it's not that meaningful. Has anyone ever had like a whole bunch of creative thoughts and then you had the next thought, which was, let me write it down. And then you had the next thought, like, who am I to write it down? And then you just, it just kind of goes away and then you forget what it was. Like people who smoke a lot of weed and they have these amazing thoughts and then they disappear. <laughs> oh, everyone got that joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm in Southern California, that's right. Um, <laughs> and so what I started doing, especially when I started teaching more and I had to prepare lectures and workshops and writing articles and, all, and doing interviews, started writing everything down. And I realized I've been having these same creative thoughts for years. I just didn't think I was important enough, enough to write them down. And you know, when we go to college, we have all these amazing smart professors. They're all smarter than us. Our gurus are smarter than us, our teachers. And we always think that somebody else has the answers. They're, they've been around longer. They know more. 
my thoughts, my ideas, my creativity is not equal to theirs, so why bother writing mine down? And then we get stuck in this loop of invalidation, of not feeling like we can quite do it. And a lot of us fall into that, and I use meditation as a tool to come out of that. And, uh, you know, you were very polite with my, and eloquent with my bio, I, I, but I want to add that I was also very, very woo-woo for a long time. <laughs> you guys probably have a lot of experience with that in Southern California, too. And I used to run an intuitive training center in Hawaii, so we would use different energetic and healing techniques and visualization techniques uh, to, to move energy and to release energy and to be creative. And then I found myself at like a place like Cornell doing this very more academic mindfulness kind of more intellectual style in meditation. And I think my journey has been like putting those two together and where, where can they fit together. And I'll end on this and then we'll do a, a meditation. And uh, I'll, I'll try to, sh I'll share this, I can't remember the name of the TED talk at the moment, but there's this wonderful TED talk where this uh, man from India describes how Alexander the Great wanted to conquer the world, and he got all the way to India, and there's a story that he met a yogi, and then he kind of fantasizes, what would their conversation be like? And the yogi's sitting there doing nothing, and Alexander the Great says to him, what do you do with your life? And the yogi's like, I focus on nothingness. <laughs> and Alexander the Great's like, that is such a waste of a life. And the yogi goes, what are you doing with your life? And Alexander the Great goes, I'm conquering the world. And the yogi goes, what a waste of a life. Because in <laughs> India, you're born over and over, right? You conquer the world, then you die. You got to do it all over. You lose everything. What a waste of time. Alexander the Great comes from the Greek mythologies where you live one time. You're a hero. You have to get to the top of the mountain, kill the enemy, kill the, you know, ten-headed snake, whatever it is. And so they couldn't understand each other. And Alexander the Great and the Western mindset is progress. It's always the future. It's always progress. And the Eastern mindset is always enlightenment. It's always self-awareness, reflection, silence, looking inwards, that inner journey. And so the, those two worlds maybe for the first time at that moment truly met and they looked at each other and were like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> but I think everyone in this room is a product of those two worlds trying to be put together and trying to be synthesized in a way that is a little tricky because we're, we are people that walk like this. <laughs> tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. <laughs> and at the same time, we're trying to pull back, but we do have to make money, create our lives, have relationships, have careers. And it's almost like this tug from one direction to the other. Anyone ever feel that on your path, on your spiritual path? Oh, uh, yeah, now, always. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, in meditation, and uh, in general, actually, I think we're all synthesizing that, and we're becoming both the best parts of that Alexander the Great and the best parts of the yogi. We do live in the West, in the United States, and we do have to create lives, and we're on this spiritual journey of awakening. So, where I like to teach from, and what I find fascinating, uh, and is converging those two worlds and synthesizing them and creating something new. And I'll end on this and we'll go into a meditation. Um, I read a wonderful article from Elon Musk's ex-wife. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she said, to create something great, you have to take two ideas, two disciplines, get good at them, and then have them have idea sex and they birth something new. 
Mm. <laughs> I thought that was incredibly fascinating. And that Alexander the Great and the yogi with the East and the West and what we're all doing here, I think, is the essence of that. So with that, let's explore some of our own creativity. So you can go ahead and close your eyes. And I'm not going to take us into the deepest, deepest meditation today. We're going to be kind of visualizing and awake. And I do, it's a little hard to see the clock, so maybe just give me one of these. Uh, when, yeah. oh, oh. So take a nice deep breath into your bodies. A nice big sigh out. Ooh, you might have had a long day. Or maybe you just came out of yoga class and you feel amazing. Just take a moment with your hands and just pat your legs. Yeah. You have a body. You're pretty lucky. Yeah, you have to have a body to be somebody. <laughs> That's why the skeleton couldn't go to the party. He didn't have any body to go with. <laughs> so the first thing we do is we get into our bodies. And that's what yoga is about, getting into the body. Just start to be aware of your body. Be aware of your space. And notice that maybe you've been putting a little bit too much stress onto your body, too many demands. And you can allow just some of those to almost melt off. And the only way they melt off is when you give yourself permission to let them go. Can you give yourself permission to really start to let them go? Usually the hardest person on ourselves is ourselves. We expect so much from ourselves every day. So for the moment, just drop that expectation. Allow your shoulders to drop. Notice if your shoulders have been a little tense. And what I'd like you to do is just bring your awareness right behind your eyes, right into the center of your head. This is where our consciousness spends most of its time. This is that third eye space, the mind's eye. When this space is really bright, you'll see someone's eyes sparkle. And when it's really dark, 
you can see that dullness, that lack of life in their eyes. So start to bring some more awareness into this space. And what I would like you to do from here is start to look out, almost like you're looking out at a screen, maybe a movie screen or an IMAX screen. And on this screen, this gauge just starts to form, like a thermometer or one of those gauges you hit at the country fair, try to hit it to get to go to 100 to win, a, win something. A gauge from 0 to 100. And this gauge represents how much of your creative potential you're living right now. A hundred being you are completely and fully living your creative potential, and zero being you are not. And without thinking or trying, just allow that gauge to show you where you are. In general, Is it at 20 or 40, 70? Just let it show you where it is. And if you look at it or try to look at it and you can't see it clearly, or your mind gets full of other thoughts, you are right on track. That's fine. If you do see it clearly, you're also right on track. Because in creativity, there is no right or wrong. That's what religion is for. <laughs> so take a moment and see where it is. And let's explore what's holding it back from rising to more of your potential. So if your gauge is at 40% full of potential, what is that other 60? What is in that space that's keeping you from rising to your potential? Take a look at that. Is it someone else's invalidation? You're not supposed to do that for a career. You're supposed to do this. Is it other people's ideas or expectations or limitations? Just allow one thing to come up, an image, a notion. What is one energy that keeps you from rising fully to your creative potential. Self-doubt. A lack of inspiration. Too many responsibilities. 
And as you start to become aware of what that is, or even if you just have a vague notion or you just feel frustrated or stuck or in resistance, what I would like you to do is let some of that energy that doesn't belong on that gauge, it almost starts to drain off the bottom. Just, it like drains off into a drain. It might just be like a stuck, icky color or feeling. And again, with that Emerson quote, in great works of genius, we recognize our own alienated thoughts. So perhaps on some level in this gauge, there is invalidation around your creativity from someone, from somewhere, from some lifetime, from who cares. Can you give yourself the space to let it come off? Can you stop judging yourself for a moment so it can come off? And perhaps as it starts to show itself, as it starts to melt off, maybe that gauge starts to rise. Or maybe you feel stuck and you just want to choke the gauge. The amazing part of meditation is that nobody else in the entire universe can give you your answer. Not even the greatest guru on top of the highest mountain. Not Alexander or the yogi. You got to look at this one for yourself. And just by looking at it, just by becoming aware and becoming neutral, it starts to shift. It starts to loosen. And things only loosen when we loosen, because this gauge is a reflection of you. So how uptight are you? How serious are you? How seriously do you take it? You might be holding it in place rather than letting it go. So as a group, let's just all take a big deep breath in and then a nice loud sigh out. <sighs> Give yourself some space. 
give this gauge some space. And maybe it heals in a creative way because it's a creative gauge. Maybe a sewer top opens up and everything goes down it. Maybe a kitten walks up to it and licks off all the invalidation. Maybe you come up with an entirely new way to meditate and to let go of what's stuck. Every single great meditation practice, spiritual tradition, and religion came from some man or woman who was sitting with their eyes closed and wanted to find a way to take a step. And out of those 60 or 70,000 thoughts that we all have every day, maybe there's three, four, or five incredible creative thoughts that are like needles in a haystack. And we go throughout the day thinking they're not there because they're covered up by everything else. But just one of those thoughts can change your life and maybe change a lot of people's lives. So as that invalidation drains off that gauge and that potential starts to rise, you might notice a shift in feeling in your body. A heightened sense of enthusiasm or awareness or possibility. And when the time is right, one of those amazing creative thoughts or inspirations, they will just show themselves to you in your meditation, in the shower, driving to work, talking with a friend. All you're doing is creating space because you can't force creativity the same way you can't force enlightenment. You have to give it space. And you give it space by giving yourself space. And just take one more moment and allow this gauge, the creative potential part of it, to reflect something important to you, a message, a word, an image, something about yourself and your next step. What are you here to learn, to create, to grow into? Are you here to overcome fear, to share your love in the world, to invent something, to write something? And just own that answer for yourself. Own it.
And then when you're ready, what you can do is just take that gauge and roll it up, almost like if it was a carpet. Just roll it up. And then send it off into space. Maybe it turns into a star, almost like one of your spiritual north stars. And every once in a while, when it needs your attention, it'll just kind of lightly flicker. Hey, remember, you were going to create that. When you're ready, take a nice, big, deep breath into your body. And as a group, we'll all take a nice sigh out. <sighs> and then you can slowly stretch, move, open your eyes. I did this meditation once with a group in New York and a woman came up to me afterwards and she said, you know, I was staring at that gauge and staring at it and frustrated and stuck and I always thought for my entire adult life, I'm just not a creative person. And then I gave it space for a moment and this image just came out of the gauge and it was because I never had a baby. I am not a creative person. And somewhere deep in her unconscious, as a woman, she believed that to be creative as a woman means you create by having a baby. And that is the only way to create. And her gauge was just stuck. And then that energy just popped off with that awareness and recognition that it, that was there. And then that gauge just exploded upwards and she was just full of light and happiness. And it was like this, huge weight had come off of her soul. And I think all of us, in one way or another, are working on something like that. It might not be that big, but it's in there. Nobody comes to Earth without it. Nobody gets off this planet without working on reconciling it. Well, some people do leave. They don't reconcile it. But then the yogi will tell you, you'll have to come back. <laughs> and just look at that gauge in one way or another, over and over and over. And if it's about creativity, you could do 10 lifetimes as a failed artist. And so if it's about creating a healthy family, and you keep creating ones without love, then maybe you come back and master that. Uh, or all in one lifetime, right? It could be every day you wake up, you're reincarnating into this life, and you're trying again every single day. Can I do it better today? Can I awaken to a little bit more of my own truth today? And can I overcome some of that invalidation that kind of haunts me. I, the way I look at invalidation, when I look at most people, it's kind of like uh, there's this background radiation in the universe, right? It's there all the time with the old TV sets. It was that, and it's everywhere, 
pervasive all the time. And for most of us, we go through our day feeling it, this light invalidation that we're not quite good enough yet. You guys know what that is? It's called being human. <laughs> it's this like inherent imperfection in us. It's in our DNA. And so every day we're working on overcoming that and letting that go so we, we can be creative. And I know some amazing artists and musicians, businessmen, writers. I've, I've been so lucky to be around some incredible creators and they've all had to overcome these levels of invalidation to get to where they are. And some of them are still struggling with it every single day. So thank you guys so much. I think we have a few more minutes actually. Mm -hmm. And I would love to have a few people just share what that experience was like for you, what you noticed, what you didn't notice, what you got stuck on. I might just call on you. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, come up, please. Or just sit, yeah. Hi, I'm Lily Miller, and um, I have two creative degrees. Um, oh, wow. And I work in the corporate world, and so um, uh, more so lately, I've been asking myself, why have I not incorporated creativity you know, into my life um, when um, I had a really clear idea after high school that I wanted to go into theater and acting and writing and doing art. Um, so what I saw um, during my meditation was, um, actually, oh, well, I just kept thinking about my boyfriend. <laughs> so that's what was coming up. And, and that was a, another underlying issue was, you know, um, do I give up um, my potential for my career and creativity to focus on my personal romantic relationships? And why do I keep getting stuck in that? And am I necessarily stuck? So I created for myself that an extension of my creativity is what I do in my relationships. Yeah. And that you can, can create relationships, you can create the person you know, that you're with through that relationship, yeah. um, and that you, you recreate yourself as Beautiful. a result of that, and um, that brought me a lot of happiness. And maybe a screenplay about your relationship. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. And if I could just add one more piece to it, just on the meditation side. So there's the side of resolving the issue, right? Which is, you know, dump the boyfriend, move to LA and be a producer, writer, <laughs> right? Or do it, how do I do it? There's, there's always that practical side. Um, but just in terms of a meditation tool, meditation piece, when you have those two possibilities or two answers and you're struggling, is it one or the other? Is it both? I can't quite get it. In that meditation, just like we did with the gauge, you allow the le that level of confusion to come off. So there's an actually, there's not just invalidation, but when you're talking about it, there's confusion around what your path is. And I would say, in your meditation, that is an energy that you're working on, confusion. There's invalidation, confusion, stuckness, frustration, resistance. You guys, <laughs> all the greatest hits every time you sit down to close your eyes. <laughs> so, we're so, especially in the corporate world and in academics, we're so programmed to go to the answer. We're all programmed to get the answer. But, maybe it's a little counterintuitive in meditation, instead of getting the answer, we let go of the energy that we're stuck on. And just like in creativity, then it just, it flowers when it flowers and it does it when it doesn't. You can't force creativity, you can't force answers. 
but you can let go of what's in the way. So that's the approach I like to take in, in my meditations when I teach them. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let's do one more. Do we have time for more? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll just call on someone. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to share? <laughs> really excited. Anyone? How about this? Anyone just feel totally stuck, couldn't see anything, blackness, don't know what's going on, went unconscious, fell asleep, hates me right now? <laughs> There's always someone that hates me. Yes, you in the back, in the middle. <laughs> how was that for you? Yes. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, just random question. Do you, and I think this might apply to a lot of people, do you ever feel like your family is too much involved in like the decisions that you make and the life path that you choose? Um, no. or, or is it, when you looked at that 80%, was it family? Was it, yeah, what was it? It was, it was just myself. Okay. Myself. So like self-judgment or? Right, so just kind of being aware of that. Yeah, so there's almost a battle, right? You, it's like the part of you that wants to move and the part of you that doesn't want to move, and one side's trying to convince the other. And I think a neuroscientist would say, oh, that's like your left brain arguing with your right brain. <laughs> and they're like, hey, and you're in the middle going, come on, let's do this. <laughs> awesome. And did you notice a shift happen? Um, a little bit. I think I just noticed that the inner peace mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so if letting go is something you struggle with, then naturally it's going to come up when you're doing a meditation like this. And I don't pretend that, you know, you do one meditation, like your entire creative novel just explodes out of you. Maybe, but I've sat with things for hours and hours and months and years working each single piece and making progress. Uh, just like with anything, it, you have to grow into it. And there's this great, uh, I don't know the quote, but Michelangelo, uh, you know, he said he didn't carve the David, he just moved all the pieces away that weren't the David, right? And then there was this amazing statue. So that is, that may be letting go, is letting those pieces that don't belong move off until you find really what that gold is for you. Thank you for sharing. Um, let's do one more. Can we do one more randomly? Do you want to share? Very cool. So you're wanting a new thing to be birthed, <laughs> right? You're trying to synthesize those pieces. Amazing. Thank you. David, um, do you want to tell us how, how, what your workshop will be like? Yeah. So um, the workshop's going to be that meditation for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> 
So if you're not done and you're still stuck, come on back. <laughs> Just kidding, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so the, we are going to also talk about intuition, which we, you know, we didn't really have time for both topics uh, tonight, but we'll, I do like to talk a bit about kind of the energy centers and the chakras, different intuitive abilities, and how that plays into our creativity. And um, I guess, I don't know if I'd call it, I like the word telepathy. I don't know how accurate it is, but a lot of us don't even recognize that a lot of the thoughts that we have don't belong to us. We spend so much time on social media, on the internet, texting, emailing, anything and everything, and we just become full and inundated with so much information. And it's hard to find our creative thoughts and our creative energy because we're so covered up with everyone else's. And so we're, we're gonna explore that dynamic and how to start to come out of that and how to open a space up to be more creative. So that's probably the direction the workshop's gonna go in or I could just take it in a whole nother direction <laughs> when it starts. Uh, so it's Saturday, I believe. It's, it's, behind, it's on the table, I think. Oh. Uh, I don't see it. I think it's at five oh, oh, sorry, sorry. to 6.30. No, no, uh, 4 to 5.30. Thank you. I'll, I was going to be late. <laughs> uh, 4 to 5.30 in the next building, in, in the East, East Room. room. Um, and you can sign up online or just come show up that day. Yeah, and we're going to have some fun. So Thank you guys so much. I'll be here after for a few minutes. Yeah, we'll have tea. We'll, um, we'll have tea in the come thing. chat and ask any questions. So thank you guys. No Thanks, more. David. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.